This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's Cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. Scott Emerson, pitching coach of the Oakland Athletics turned golf professional now in North Carolina. Uh, Emo, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I I am doing phenomenal. So, so far, what do you think of our baseball playoffs? What have been some observations that you have had? Well, like you guys, you know, I just joined uh, a second ago talking about starting pitching. You know, I, I saw a stat that had uh, the Rangers, the Astros, the Diamondbacks, and the Phillies uh, had the best starting pitching in the playoffs. And I, I wanted to write that down and say, no, duh, because, you know, starting pitching is where the game always starts, right? So they got to go out there and they got to keep the game close as long as possible to hand it over to uh, those good bullpens. So, you know, the games have been, uh, you know, fairly exciting, you know, from what I'm watching, you know, it's really hard sometimes to uh, to watch some games when, when you want to be a part of those games. And, uh, but it's sometimes it's really exciting also to sit down and watch a couple games and, and uh, you know, think about, you know, what we got to do uh, to be one of those teams again. I don't want you to question fellow personnel in big league baseball. That's not fair. But I just want to throw a scenario at you. You know, when, when, when you're taking a starter out early, and I mean early, and let's say, let's say a guy's not struggling. Let's say the guy's actually throwing pretty well. And you take a guy out really early as a pitching coach, how dicey is it to where now you're relying on your bullpen and a lot of different guys to cover seven or six innings? What is that like for you as a pitching coach when you take that starter out dramatically that early in a postseason game? Yeah, you know, when you, when you take uh, starting pitchers out early, you know, every single member of that bullpen has to pitch good. You get one or two hiccups out of one or two guys, then, then you know, you could be behind in that game. You know, for me, uh, the game should be played the same in the postseason as it was in the regular season. There might be a little bit more where your bullpen gets backed up a little bit. Let's just say uh, you're you're the home team and you're losing in the ninth inning. You may send out your, your, your closer in game one, keep the game close and see what happens uh, with your offense in the bottom of the ninth, knowing that the next day he can pitch one inning again and then have that third day off. So your off days play an important role. You know, each guy, you know, they should be at your bullpen guys should be able to go back to back days, but you know, your matchup sheets, you know, everybody has a, a matchup sheet now and, and we're looking at the data and we're understanding the data. You know, we're not taking guys out of games because of pitch count. You know, we're taking guys out of games because the data does show that third time through 
the offensive guy has a better advantage. So now you got to play that with the scoreboard. Now you're looking, okay, is it worth taking this starter a third time through, or is it worth going to your bullpen who's fresh on a third time through? The, the numbers don't lie. You know, they do tell you third time through on most starting pitchers is the worst time for a starting pitcher. Now, what do you want? You want really good starting pitchers who can go that third and fourth time through. You want horses. And when you're looking at playoff baseball in general, each team has three horses. And that's what we're trying to develop, you know, in our organization with our guys. You know, we talk about it in our post-game reviews the next day. Are you a playoff pitcher? What can you do to get us to be a playoff pitcher? What do we need to do? And then we we collaborate and we have feedback. Hey, in general, it's command the heater and throw swing and miss pitches when you're ahead. Have that ability to throw, you know, a soft contact ball when you're behind. So, you know, these conversations in development are what we're trying to accomplish is build horses. Go back on what you said early, earlier where you said you want to see – the team play more like the regular season to where some people think you throw any type of strategy out and it's like, Oh my God, do or die. Every single pitch, everything you would still like to see the team play a little bit more like it does in the regular season. I think you just got, you got to remember, you know, how you got there. And uh, you know, if you have a strategy throughout the regular season that wins a hundred ball games, you know, why aren't we sticking to that strategy uh, of, doing what we did that got us here. You know, when, when we go and change all the time now, not saying there, there aren't times when you use an opener or aren't times when you cut the starter down because you feel like your bullpen is better. I'm just saying you throw out your number one guy, you throw out uh, Justin Verlander and you're expecting him to go out there and pitch his game until you pull him out of the game. Uh, and then there might be your third or fourth starter where, you know, sometimes you're going to use an opener for him. And depending on the opposing team's lineup, if you've been doing that throughout the course of the season, then by by all means, you should be doing that in the playoffs. And if your number one goes out there and he's a guy that you, you, uh, you think can go six and seven and get you in position to win the game, then that should be the plan. But if, if you're going into to a game, in my opinion, and you're changing your strategy of what you've done all season, I, 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 I'm not so sure that's a great idea. I kind of think we cracked the code this last show and we thought about a lot over the weekend because a lot of these guys in now the, let's call them the analytics media where they talk about how oh, the postseason is just random. And we really broke it down and said, you know what? Actually, the regular season is more random than the postseason because the postseason, we pare everything down. We slim everything down. You're not seeing the fourth and fifth starters. You're not seeing the back of the bullpen. You're seeing everybody's best lineup. You're not seeing You're not seeing the 40-man roster. You're not seeing guys come up from AAA. You're not seeing openers. You're not, you're not seeing survival. You're seeing the best starters, the best lineup, the best bullpen. That's not random to me. And then what I want you to talk about is what we're seeing now. When you're the Astros and the Rangers, you're in division together. You know everything about each other. I don't even know how much scouting reports you got to do going into this. What is it like in the playoffs? Cause you did it in 2020 against the Astros down at Dodger stadium. What's it like preparing for a division opponent in the postseason that, you know, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, it, yeah, obviously separation is preparation, but, you know, you know, as much as you're game planning for the opposing team, the opposing team is game planning for you. And, uh, you know, each pitcher who goes out there, you know, has a general idea of what they're trying to accomplish to each hitter. And each hitter has a general idea of what that pitcher is trying to accomplish against them. That's why execution is so important. And that's why when you throw your fastball, you got to have the ability to command your fastball, not just throw it to the zone, but go up and in. You take a guy like Alvarez. You know, he knows a lot of left-handers are going to come in and they're going to go up and in and expand breaking balls. If you constantly expand breaking balls, he's not going to swing and you're going to walk him. You got to be able to hit that breaking ball in the up and in zone to Alvarez. And then you got to be able to kind of nibble that slider or get it down in a way. We all know that uh, execution is, is the key. And, uh, you know, when the opponent knows exactly what you're trying to do, you know he knows exactly what you're trying to do, then the execution part comes in. What happens is is when you're trying to throw that fastball up and in, and boom, that ball leaks back towards the middle of the plate. You're trying to throw that breaking ball down and away, boom, and you leave that breaking ball close to them. And, and that's when you get in trouble is mistakes. You know, if you watch a Major League Baseball game, I, w- I wish you guys could could really look at our scouting reports And when we get beat, we get beat on the lack of the execution of the pitch that we were supposed to throw. Uh, You know, we just miss a spot and the hitters capitalize on that spot. You know, the greatest hitters in the world, they take what you give them. And then the good hitters, they got areas of the plate that they hit really well. We know that. They know that. That's what the data is telling us. And the dating data also tells us is you got a guy with a riding fastball. He's probably a better matchup against this guy. you got a guy with a sinking fastball. He's probably a better matchup to this guy. So, you know, when you're going in and you're, you're evaluating and you're doing your, your reports, you're putting together a report of what your pitcher does well and what the hitter is incapable of doing. You're going to attack a hitter's weakness with a strength. If you don't have a, a strength that can attack that hitter's weaknesses, then you got to kind of go strength on strength. Now, for me, strength on strength, hitters are, are 300 hitters and they're Hall of Famers. You give them a little bit advantage, right? So now that's where I come right back to that execution. you got to be able to execute the game plan, what you're doing, and that's where the data really shows up because it tells you exactly how you can pitch a guy. Now, with that being said, also one mistake, just one mistake, a hanging breaking ball, a ball left uh, uh, close to the middle of the plate, advantage hitter, and that could cost you the ball game. All right. This would help me so much in the postgame show when callers call up and they're angry. If you guys would allow me in your meetings, I would be able to say, listen, they had the game plan. They just didn't execute it. I saw. So how can we talk David Force or Mark Kotze letting me in? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's just like, well, why didn't they use such and such? How come he didn't come into the game? And maybe they don't know the guy pitched two days in a row and he wasn't feeling good that day. Or maybe the workload the day before, uh, you know, or or maybe they got some sort of other issue that they just come in and say, hey, I'm down tonight. And, and that happens, you know. And, you know, it's it's baseball. You, you know, you, you – uh, you know, I get everybody wants to play the Monday morning quarterback, and, and that's great. But, you know, most of the time, a lot of people don't have all the details of what's going on. And, uh, you know, it's tough uh, uh, because everybody everybody has an opinion, which I love. 
But, uh, you know, we just got to stay positive in, in that next day and understand, hey, we made mistakes. And then, you know, one of my biggest things to, to our guys, too, is sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. If we make a mistake and, and went away from the game plan and got beat in that situation, that's discussed the next day as well. Why did we do this? What did you see to alter from the game plan? But most of the time you look, you know, the guys are on the game plan. They just make a mistake. The ball leaks back over or they're trying to overthrow a baseball and that ball moves back across to the arm side in the advantage of the hitter. And, uh, you know, like I said, when we make mistakes, the good teams, the good hitters capitalize on it. And sure, we can make uh, 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 plenty of mistakes and get away with it. But we always remember the mistake that we don't get uh, that, that they capitalize on. Well, you've prepared for these teams already. You know them as well as anybody. Just talk about how tough it is when you're facing the Texas Rangers. They're seven, eight, and nine hitters. You want to talk about length of a lineup. Their seven, eight, nine hitters are hitting 328 with over 1,000 OPS, 11 extra base hits, nine RBIs, and they've scored 15 runs. How tough is that as a staff when the bottom of the lineup has been as productive as the top of the lineup. You know, you know, just kind of like I said earlier, the best hitters in baseball, in my opinion, are the guys that take what you give them and they don't chase. You know, we look at their numbers before the game, and I'm like, man, this guy really doesn't swing in this count. This guy really doesn't swing in this count. He swings in this count when the ball's inside the strike zone. You know, that's why you got to have really good dominant stuff and be able to get outs inside that strike zone because against the really good elite teams, it's really hard to get them chasing pitches outside the strike zone. And you look at the Texas Rangers, you look at the Houston Astros, and they do that, you know. They just don't chase that often, and it, it's hard to throw a put-away pitch, and they just kind of stand there and look at it. So now you got to go in the zone. And and I think they're really good you know, disciplined hitters. Um, and when they don't swing at pitches that you want them to swing at, it, you've got to start getting balls closer to the zone. And then when you got a young, uh, inexperienced staff uh, who, who hasn't gone through the ringer yet, maybe those balls get a little bit more center cut than you want. And then hopefully in time, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn that over time our guys will understand how important commanding the baseball really is, no matter what pitch you throw. Who doesn't chase outside the strike zone and who is willing to chase outside the strike zone? And if you look it up and you look at the data, the guys who don't chase, man, they're tough outs. You know, tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, they, they've been such a tremendous story from a standpoint of they had to come back and both those double-digit runs, they were down against the Brewers. They came back and won. And then they boat raced the Dodgers. So they've won multiple ways. They've come back and they've, they've won convincingly. So they're a dangerous animal. But – so much of what we talk about with you and what, you know, we call you one of the best, if not the best pitching coach in baseball, that it's just not all about, we're talking about data and we're just not all talking about biomechanics. It's what's in between the ears. And I know you work so much mentally with your guys. And I just wonder when you think about Philly, Philly is 26 and 11 since citizens bank park opened up in the postseason. It's the, it's the number one winning percentage for a home venue ever in the history of baseball in the postseason. The place is rocking. They're on top of you. The fans are going nuts. We all know it's Philly. 
Philly's a tough sports town. It's a great sports town. What is it like for the pitching coach going in with, with let's say it's Wheeler, to not, not Wheeler, uh, Zach Allen tonight. What's it like talking about the atmosphere and don't let the atmosphere get to you? That's a mental thing, not a physical thing. Yeah, you know, the emotions are really uh, going to fly high, right? Uh, you know, guys may tend to overthrow the baseball, pitch above their means, uh, you know, trying to get that 93-mile-an-hour fastball to beat a guy to a spot at 95 rather than stay uh, cool, calm, and collected and poised enough to understand that putting the ball where I want it at, at my useful velocity that I have is important to try to overdo something you know, I think that's where the guys have to go into the game and, and just stay cool, calm, and collected and understand that that crowd is going to be really loud. And and for Gallon, you know, on, on, on the opposing team, kind of use that as y- your motivation as well, that, hey, they're cheering for me. They're not cheering for the Phillies. They're cheering for me. You know, that's kind of how, you know, I would, say, you know, I tell our guys that, hey, this is, the crowd's making noise for both of us. You, you you know it when there's two strikes and the crowd stands up and they go nuts. Do they want the hitter to get out or do they want the pitcher to get the hitter out? So, you know, that's, the, you know, where, where the mental toughness and the grit and determination uh, for you is to be able to stay cool, calm, and collected and center that, that energy to just you staying focused on the task at hand. And for the pitcher, that's throwing a quality strike. And for the hitter, that's seeing a good pitch to hit. It's the game inside the game. I mean, there's video now of certain Braves just yelling back and forth with Philly fans from the dugout, especially Arcia. I mean, it was like, what are you doing? They got like emotionally into it with the fans. And that's just, you know, the mental side of it is just not smart. Uh, When you look at Arizona, you go up again. Let's go from the Philly side. When you go up against the lineup that, you know, they just got something going right now. They got athletic guys. Corbin Carroll obviously is off the charts. Uh, Walker is such a good player. But when you just start looking at a team that's got it, you know, you can have all your data all you want. But what's it like when you're a pitching staff and you're going up against just a hot team where just everything is going that team's way? Yeah, you know, it's like, man, I'm not lucky anymore. I've been there you know, where I, I felt like, you know, early in my career as a pitcher, I had some luck on my side. And when I started getting my brains beat in, I didn't have luck anymore. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of it is, you know, you, you you look at these teams that are in the playoffs. And the one word I can describe uh, that all four of them have is grit. And we've talked about it, you know, uh, some with us is like, you got to have that determination that you are not going to lose this game. You are going to find a way to grind it out, grind your at-bats out, to throw strikes, to throw quality strikes, to execute pitches, uh, to, to cover first base, you know. And obviously, this is what you want during the regular season. You know, uh, I think, you know, we've always talked about what's difference in the in the playoffs in the regular season. In my opinion, hopefully nothing. You know, hopefully uh, your, 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 your will to win uh, uh, game one of the season is you, is the same will to win game seven. And I think if you look at the greatest athletes in the world, they have that will to beat you game one. They have that will to beat you 162, and they have that will to beat you game seven. And they also have that will to beat you in other sports too. You know, you go out on the golf course, Tony, me and you, you know, I'm a, I'm a, will to win. Al Davis, baby. Uh, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to work you the best I can in golf. Now I'm not any good, but I'm gonna try to kick your butt. Uh, and and in ping pong, you know, uh, the will to win in tennis and in, in any sport that you have, you look at the guys, uh, the greatest athletes. They have that will to to beat you in any sport. And I think you know that's what good teams do. That's what good teams have. You know, some teams start with one or two players, and then at the end of the day, you want to end up with the 26-man roster, your coaching staff, your front office, having that grit, having that will to win, and, and no excuses. You know, next year, you know, I, I, I really try to tell our pitchers that, okay, no no excuses next year. You know, J.P. Sears, 32 starts. What an amazing accomplishment. I love yeah. it. What an amazing accomplishment for that young man. Now, okay, let's go out and, and let's prove that those 32 starts, we learned something. Uh, Ken Waldachuk bounced back really well. Uh, Lucas Ursig out of that bullpen who just chiseled away at, at, at being really good. And uh, those three guys just kind of stand out right now to me. And, and, we, and we had a lot of guys stand out. But uh, I, I truly believe that, you know, that grit, that hard work and that determination and that will to win is going to help you win a few more games. All right. I, I was not going to really get into much A's. As we told you, we talked playoffs, uh, but there is some breaking news. I don't know if you know this already. I don't want to blindside you with this, but uh, Trevor May has announced his retirement. I'm not sure if you knew that was going to happen or not, but uh, Trevor May, who was going to be a free agent, so you didn't know if you're going to have him anyway. But Trevor May, uh, when you hear that, what are your first thoughts? Uh, my first thought, what a what a, a great season that Trevor May had this year. You know, uh, he went out there and, and worked his tail off, uh, got better as the season went on. You know, uh, had it had his uh, as his day on the uh, the disabled list for some issues, but I think Trevor did an amazing job. Uh, I kind of had an idea this was coming, uh, and you know, sometimes when you play as long as Trevor has, and you have family and you got kids. I get it. You know, uh, you know, uh, money, money uh, isn't probably an issue for him anymore. I think he's done a heck of a job with it. And, uh, you know, sometimes guys just want to be close to their family and, and be at home and, and uh, not, not say it's a regular life, but, you know, I've been in this game since 1992 and, and eight months a year, I'm not at the house and uh, I'm fortunate to have a great wife and, and uh, who allows me to leave the house for that long and come home and, and um, you know, have a life at home in the off season. Uh, so she says, you know, I still love doing my baseball stuff. Right. But uh, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, this guy put together a great career. Uh, I believe it's over 10 plus seasons in the major leagues. What an accomplishment. So, you know, if, if your report is true, which is probably good because you're, you're the best at what you do in reporting that you and Cody, I would like to say uh, congratulations to Trevor May on an amazing career. You know, getting back to when we talk about, you know, it's almost like you're a friend, you're a psychologist, you're a lot of different things to these guys. You know, at the end of the year, NBC wanted me to do a, my top three things of the season. And one of my top three was what Trevor May went through, how he dealt with it head on, how he didn't run and hide from it, how he publicly went through it, helped a lot of people. Because there's a lot of people, including people close to me, dealing with anxiety, 
dealing with depression. And when someone in the limelight, a professional athlete, who we think these guys are bulletproof, we think these guys are Superman. And when you see someone like that going through the same things you're going through, a lot of people talked about how much Trevor talking about it really helped them. And I think about these guys that you understand, like Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon just had his fourth child during the playoffs. I mean, there we, we don't think about these guys as human beings away from the field and not being in uniform. We think of these guys that they just show up, they play, they're these great athletes, and they make millions, and life's just perfect. And the reality is it's not. They, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. They're dealing with the same stuff all of us are dealing with. They're young men. If we all remember back what it was like in our 20s and our 30s, you're dealing with stuff. Just talk about that. You know, not only are you worried about, you know, are you throwing strikes? How are you throwing strikes? You know, what's the, what's the spin rate and vertical and horizontal and all this different stuff with pitches, but you've got to help these guys because you know some of them are struggling off the field with, with real-life problems. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, my sister owned a bar in Phoenix, and I got to bartend for a couple of years. And and now you understand that uh, a lot of people have some problems in the, you know, right? I mean, you're you're listening to people, and and as coaches, we do the exact same thing. We we listen to guys, even coaches. You know, we go through, we have some, uh, uh, you know, uh, stresses in our lives as well, and we got to show up each and every day and, and do our job and, and be there for our guys. You know. Uh, the one thing I try to do is I try to stay level keel as much as possible, even though sometimes I'm feeling stressed. You know, I got I got people, uh, you know, there's outside people all over all over me as well some days. And and you just got to feel like, hey, you know what? I'm doing the best job that I possibly can. And, uh, you know, for me, I love doing this. You know, I, I love our pitchers. I love our coaching staff. I, I love our player development scouting. I love the front office. I love I love all our people. And. And, and I feel like when I come to work, I'm just going to give it the best I can. And uh, that's what the players are dealing with. They're trying to do the exact same thing. But like I said, you know, some of these guys got kids and some of these guys have, you know, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, my mom went through a stroke in 2018 during the season. And I end up losing both of my parent uh, parents uh, before the 19th season. And, and it was very stressful, um, you know, going, watching my dad, uh, go through uh, his misery with my mom being in the hospital and then all of a sudden my dad getting sick. And then now all of a sudden I'm stressing because I got both of my parents, uh, you know, basically on life support. And then, you know, players go through this. Their grandmothers are sick. Their grandfathers are sick. They're, you know, and it's it's really not that easy. And then you got, you know, people bashing them uh, on social media for their performance sometimes. And and, you know, it's, 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 it's a game, you know, I, I like to say it's a game. It's a game that I love, but it's also a career and profession. So I try to, you know, take the attitude as, you know, I want to have rounded shoulders. I want things to fall off of me. Uh, you know, the criticisms or, or the praise and, and just come one day at a time. I learned that from Gil Patterson, our pitching coordinator, just go in there one day at a time and battle and give it what you got. And so you're just trying to, feed to those players, but you're also listening to, you know, some of their pain that they do go through and, and be there and understand that, you know, baseball's a game and, and life's a little bit different. And, um, you know, it, it's not easy to navigate some days when you're, when you're seeing guys that you care about 
uh, in agony over something, and then they got to go out there and, and perform. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a big issue in, in not just sports in the world today, you know, mental health is important to, to, to everybody. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're needing help, you need to go get help. You know, speaking of mental health for, for someone like yourself and the rest, rest of the coaching staff, uh, it was a long year. There's no question about that. You need to unplug. Uh, we were forced to unplug. They told us, Hey, take basically two weeks off, which we fought. And now I'm very thankful that we did because we did our final show the day after the season. And then we took time off, which normally I, I don't like to take time off. I want to go right through the playoffs, but I got to tell you after that rough season, uh, a few days later, I felt like I'm glad I did. I, it was really good for me. It was good for me. It was good for me with my marriage, with my kids kind of like reconnect with a little bit more, get away from baseball. Uh, I think it's made our shows now better. Uh, just quickly talk about yourself. Cause I know you want to dive back in and get better. And there's a lot of things that you study, but just how important was it for you to just like, whoo, let go, gotta let go. Well, well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, getting away from the game sometimes is, a, is, is tough for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the one thing, you know, about, you know, the, the rough season that, that we talked about, and have talked about and everybody's expressed with us is, you know, we, we, you have to go into uh, your work with a realistic expectations as well. And uh, you know, that's the kind of approach that I started taking a little bit more of after the all-star break. One thing I try to do is take care of a little bit more about myself and my health, getting a little bit uh, more walks in and, and getting out, uh, outside a little bit more instead of being on that computer all day, I try to, you know, get out there and get an hour walk in every day that I could. But, but what I mean by this is like, okay, understand the situation that we're in and understand that, you know, what are we going to do uh, moving forward? Uh, what, what I thought about after the all-star break, I, I kind of sat down and, and wrote some things down and figured, okay, we're, we're probably not going to make the playoffs. And, and so what am I going to do? And the one thing that I really wanted to do is just really focus on trying to get guys better and really, you know, focus on, you know, they're out there working their tail off. I've said this, I've been on record of saying this, you know, 24 years I've been coaching and that's easily the top three hardest working pitching staffs I've ever had. And remember we were in the playoffs three times. Um, you know, I've been in the playoffs six or seven times in the minor leagues with a couple of championships that I love, and we're going to work our tail off to get that World Series ring uh, back in Oakland. But what I really thought about is is the process. You know, our our, our organization, you know, David Force and Mark Casse, just you know, really think about your process. Really think about: Are you coming here to work? Are you coming here to sulk? You know, and. And the work is, you know, I'm just going to give it what I got each and every day, uh, along with the rest of the coaching staff to understand that this is a major league baseball team. And what can we do to get guys one day better, whether it's, you know, the mental side, talking to them, the physical side, getting outside and, and doing our shadow routine, uh, you know, really talking about our bullpens, having good conversations with pitchers uh, the next day after they pitched, going over their data and how they were, uh, you know, I, I think that's important to, to just keep that, that even keel. You know, I don't really think I've wavered 
from uh, uh, being a coach for 24 years, you know, a little bit earlier in my career, maybe I was more gung ho on, on statistics and, and numbers, um, which are still important. Uh, but right now, the process is the most important thing, getting out there, working, showing people you want to be there for them. And hopefully I did that with our pitchers and our coaching staff did that with the rest of our players is let's get out there and grind. Let's work. Let's have some fun working. And, you know, persistence to purpose leads to success. So if we're persistent in, in working with our guys, you know, in the future, we're going to see that success. That success is going to come. You look at the Baltimore Orioles. They won 47 games one year, and next thing you know, five or six years later, they won 101, and they're in the playoffs. So, um, you know, we, we want that's where we want to be, so we're going to get there by working. Great stuff. Yeah. The first edition of EMO, Playoff Emo. I love it. Dog Operation Dogpile. When are we going to dogpile again? That's what – you know, that's what, you know, we, uh, my years that we didn't really get a chance to dogpile because we kind of went into these games and, and we're looking up at the scoreboard and like in the seventh inning, we find out we're, we're, we're in the game or we're in the playoffs. You know, it'd be great to win by like 15 games and dogpile one year. Well, I mean, you look at both the Rangers and the Orioles, not that long ago, we're both hundred loss teams and back in the postseason, it flips really quick. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how, you know, these really good teams make the playoffs and then like three days later, I'm like, man, that, they're sitting on the couch like I'm sitting on the couch. You know, they work their tails off. They won a lot of games. And, and you know, at the end of the year, there's there's one team uh, yeah. that, that wins it all. And, and for me, that's what I want to do is that I want to be that one team. And uh, like I said earlier, persistence to purpose will lead us to success. And, and uh, we got a lot of grinders and we got, got a lot of guys who work hard. And, and that's the beauty of this organization. And I've been in this organization since 2003 and, and uh, people work. And that's the one thing I really love about this organization is how hard, you know, all the departments and, and everybody work. And, and, and at some point in time, we're, we will reap the benefits of it. I love it. We're going to get me in these meetings. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to the day when you look up and go, Townie, what do you think? And I go, well, coach, I'm thinking, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Let you write some scouting reports. You know, you can, uh, I use, hey, you know, Hey, you know, as a former college pitcher back before we had all this data, we remember we had to chart. Maybe yeah. You can't, you, you you just can't say hard in, soft away, hard away, soft no, away. No, no, no. Back in the day, you had to sit there when you weren't pitching, get that clipboard, and you had to chart curveball, breaking ball, slider, split. You had to chart the entire game. So don't yeah, think now, you put one together. Now it's given to us immediately after the game. Boom, here it is. Yeah, you guys are soft. We used to have to do, we had pin, We had different color pins. We had highlighters. We had to do what our pitching well, coach wanted. You guys got all this stuff data now. We had to We had to write this stuff. Well, I, I, I think if you, you, you pan the camera during the game, uh, you'll see that I have an iPad and I'm charting the game. I think it's... Uh, you know, it's not going to leave me uh, charting. You know, I, I chart what our guys are doing ahead in the count, behind the count, even in the count, matching it up with our scouting reports, whether we're, we're on the page or whether we leaked off the page a little bit, uh, which can happen because, uh, you know, your scouting reports plan A. Plan B is uh, what the opposing team is trying to do for you. 
And plan C is, hey, I, I don't have anything right now. I, I got to find a way to compete and battle. And, uh, you know, just the, the scouting reports are the, the first line of defense. It's just, boom, what, what we see on paper, what the data is telling us to do. But, you know, when, when somebody punches you in the mouth and they start flipping the script and doing something different, that's when you got to alter. And then uh, plan C, like I said, you know, a lot of guys go out there. You take these 32 starts from J.P. Sears, you know, how many starts did he have where he went out feeling great? How many st- how many starts did he have where he didn't feel good at all? And then how many of those were marginal? And I guarantee it, of the games he felt great, he didn't win all of them, right? Or he didn't pitch good in all of those. Of the games he pitched uh, didn't feel uh, good at all, he probably pitched really good some of those. So, you know, there's a lot of go out there, here's plan A, but number one plan is go out there and compete. You remember all the paperwork a pitching coach would have back in the day that he traveled with? Oh yeah, I still have I still have all that stuff. No, now, now you got it all on an iPad. Back in the day, a pitching coach would have all this paperwork and everything, all this charts and everything. I got I got I still have I still have binders in the house. Yeah. No, Keith Keith Lipman, our great farm director for yeah. so many years. He, he, he made a comment to me probably like 2010 or 13, no floating paper, no floating paper. So that's when everything went on the computer. That's when everything goes on the iPad. Our, our great video coordinator, Adam Roden, every game I'm charting, he's putting in a file for me. And I got all the games I've ever charted on that iPad going all the way back to 2015 uh, when we first started the iPad. So or maybe it was 16, we got the iPads. And and it's great because I, I just take notes right then and there during the game, and then we got it for later. I, it's amazing. It's it's like like the, the certain things technology has done. You know, we've talked about high-speed cameras. We talk all this kind of stuff. It's just it's made everybody's job just easier to do, and hopefully everybody getting better. All right, buddy, I'll talk to you next week. Great stuff as always, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on during the playoffs. I know our fan base is going to absolutely love it. All right, Tony. The great Scott Emerson. Thanks for having me. For your Oakland Athletics right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.